Okay, I'm going to get right into the message from there, right? that we've um, come before God and we sing those songs of praise and we, we see that picture in Scripture of the worship that comes before God. And it opens our hearts then. It opens our hearts to see how God is present with us as well as to see how we are present with God. And, and I want us to think on that for a bit. What it means for us to be seen by God and present with God and how that takes shape in our lives. So um, here's how this one's going to work today because this one is, I'm, I'm going to come down a little lower. This one is something that we want to incorporate for our students to be a part of. And I know that students really don't like to just listen to me talk, but if there's something that we can do. So here's my invitation for students, and, and I'm gearing this sort of middle school, high school, but if you're younger than that, or I don't know, older than that, and you want, I'll, I've got a puzzle up here. It's a 100-piece puzzle. I usually preach for about 20 to 25 minutes, so here's the deal. Is there a group that can put together this puzzle before I'm done? You are invited to come forward. I've got six chairs around here, but you know what? There's some chairs here you can grab. Put as many around as you want. You're going to listen to me preach an awful long time if no one comes forward to do this. Uh, and you know what? I'm not going to ask questions. You don't have to talk. You don't have to respond. Uh, you don't have to, like, present something when you're done. All I'm saying is, while I'm talking here, while I'm preaching, there's a puzzle to work on, and it's going to have something to do with the message as well, so it will come back together, okay? All right, so you're going to work on that puzzle, and I'm going to talk to us about how a puzzle connects with this passage of Scripture that I'm going to go with today, okay? We're going to do both those things at the same time here as best as we can. Puzzles. So I'm... I'm looking at a passage that comes from Scripture today, and it has something to do with puzzles and how that works. This, this goes back, and it's a story that is sort of about David. You know David from the Bible, the guy with the slingshot who killed a giant, the guy who became king, the guy who wrote Psalms. That David, that's the one. It's a story that involves him, but only in the sense that we just get to meet him for the first time, because really the character in the story here is Samuel, is the one that we're dealing with. But here's how this story goes, and I want to set this one up. This is a story in the Bible where we meet David for the very first time. And I know for those of us who maybe have been in church for a long time, we fill in a whole lot of blanks ourselves, right? We think about David and we think, oh yeah, David! The guy who killed Goliath, right, and, and defeated the Philistines. The guy who became king. The guy who struggled with sin, with Bathsheba, but confessed and God restored him. The guy who was musically talented and wrote all of these psalms. David, we know all of that. I want us to maybe imagine in our heads today, though, because in this passage, we meet David for the very first time. Let's try to forget all of that stuff that we already know, and let's try to picture David as we meet him right here in this passage, okay? Because David here is, he's a teenager, or at least that's how I imagine, that he's the youngest in the family. We meet him at a point where he's tending sheep. He's out taking care of the flocks and the herds of the family. 
And he's a teenage kid who, I imagine, is like other teenage kids. So let, let's try to hold that picture in our heads as we meet David for the first time and maybe think through for the first time, how is David perceiving all of this as a teenage kid? What's going on in his head while all of this is happening around him? Teenage David. I wonder what teenage David would have been like. That teenage David would have had friends like any other teenage kid would. I mean, we know some of that from Scripture already, that later on, David becomes very good friends with Jonathan, the son of King Saul. We know that David was the kind of guy who had friends and liked friends, like any other teenage kid would do. It's important to have friends, friends you know you can trust, friends you like to be with, friends with whom you feel like, you know what, I can just be myself without feeling like I'm being judged, friends like that, I think David has some of that in him. I think David has some of the other things that teenagers have too. Wondering about, hey, where's my life going and what's next? I've got dreams. I've got things I want to do and places I want to see and things that I want to become. I think David has in his head sort of this dream and picture of, who he wants to be and become and what future is ahead of him. I don't know for certain that David had in his head an idea of someday I'm going to use this slingshot to take down a giant. Maybe he did, but I don't know that for certain. But, but that tells you it, it's a teenage kid who dreams about things the way teenage kids dream about things. So we're meeting someone in this story like that. That's what I want to envision. That's what I want us to picture, okay? So, this comes from 1 Samuel 16. God tells Samuel to go to Bethlehem, where David lives in the household of his father, Jesse. And, and God tells him, I'm going to show you the one that I'm going to anoint to be the next king. And this is because um, Saul, the current king, is not a very good king. So God is anointing another king. Here we go then. 1 Samuel 16, I'm picking up in the middle of verse 2. It says this. The Lord said to Samuel, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Now consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely... The Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. 
Jesse then had Shema pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Puzzles. All right, there, there's something of a puzzle in this passage having to do with this kid that we meet for the first time, Samuel. And for those of you who are, are keeping track of this in your notes, I'm, I'm going to move this in three directions if you want to space that out. All right, so there's three ways that I'm going to have for us to consider this. The first one having to do with the way we see other people and what that looks like. How we see other people. So my invitation here today was, as I read that passage, try to imagine and picture David as the teenage kid before any of that other stuff happened that we knew about him. Try to fill in the blanks around that and imagine who David is like and what he's thinking, what he's going through. Maybe it would help to bring this up to, oh, nice job. Well done. Guess I got to be done now, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, I, you can't see this. Um, I, I took pictures of this ahead of time, so you will see on the screen a little later on what they did here, okay? You'll see that. All right. And did you leave? Yeah, you left the box. Good. So, David, as teenage David, as he was, how David would have been. All right, let, let's imagine David in today's world as a teenage kid. What would it look like if this story took place today in our world with us right now? What kind of teenager would David be? Because I think what we see in the Bible here is a picture of a normal kid, a normal teenager like any other teenager. I think in today's world, David would be posting videos on TikTok. Sure he would, because that's what teenagers do. And David was a teenage kid. He might have been checking his Insta to see how many likes he's getting because that's what teenagers do. And that's what David was, a teenager. Uh, the Bible tells us things like, you know, he, he was strong. He was athletic, right? And physically fit. So I imagine David probably played a sport or two on the school, on some school team or some other rec league. That's what David would do. The Bible also tells us that this guy could play instruments and write songs. He was a musician. So David probably played in the school orchestra or played his electric guitar with his buddies in a garage band. That's David. That's who we're picturing here. The Bible says David tended his father's sheep. He had chores to do at home. Make your bed, empty the dishwasher, take out the trash. Today, shovel the driveway. Please, somebody shovel my driveway. 
right? That's David. He's got things to do. Maybe a few things to pick up some extra money for the weekend. David manned the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A, taking orders. Part-time job to get a little extra spending money. That's what we're picturing here. That's David. But we know some things about David's life, don't we? Because we know the story that goes ahead of who David is. We know the picture that's being made, even though that's still coming into play in David's life and how that takes shape. So I want us to think a little bit about how this fits as a puzzle in the way that we see other people. Because you get the picture in this story, right? You see that when Samuel comes to anoint the next king, David's the last one he would have picked. Not that kid. That's not the one. Samuel has a different picture in his head. He's got something else in mind. He's not seeing the whole thing inside. He's just taking the quick glance at what he sees on the outside and making all of the assumptions about what must be this person and going from there. It shows us something about the way we see other people when we look at other people. Sometimes, maybe like a a puzzle, we look at the picture on the box, and then we say, oh, yeah, there's the picture. I got that one figured out. And you know how it is when you, uh, you know, you dump the pieces out and you start putting it all together, and, and you try to line things up by different color or shape or things like that, and sometimes along the way you, you find a piece where, all right, this one's got to go there. Nope, t- turn it, flip it. Nope, it doesn't fit. Turn it, flip I'm sure this piece I'm looking at must fit right here because I've got the picture in my head that I see on this box, and I think this piece has to fit right there, but... It doesn't. You're forcing it, trying to push it in, but it doesn't go because sometimes then as you take the time to look at all of the little pieces that all fit together to make the picture, you realize that some of the things I thought went in certain places don't actually go in those places. You've had that when making a jigsaw puzzle. Sometimes you've got to set that piece aside and nope, picture's coming together a little different than I thought it would. That's Samuel in this passage. That's Samuel figuring this out, that he's got a picture in his head of what he thinks the next king is supposed to be. And he's making judgments around that by who he sees in front of him. He's trying to push pieces into place that aren't really meant to go in those places. And God has to step in and teach a little something about the way he sees other people And it stays in the Bible today as something for us to consider about, hey, you know what? Let's take a minute and let's think about the way that we see other people. Because I think we do what Samuel did. I think we do. I think we're people who sometimes look at others, have an immediate picture in our head of what's on the box, and assume all the pieces inside of them that may be broken and shattered and torn apart, they make that picture. And I don't take the time to open the box, and I don't take the time to put the pieces out, and I don't take the time to see where all those things fit together, and I just make the assumptions just by looking at the outside and not taking the time to see how what can be so broken and torn apart on the inside 
actually all fits together in a way that I wouldn't have known unless I saw it differently. Because here's the thing, that people are actually pretty complicated and complex. People are not as simple as just the picture on the outside. Samuel had to learn that one in this passage. And I think that's a reminder for us too. That once you get to know another person, once you hear some of the story, once you imagine what it's like to be them, to walk in their shoes, to live as they do, once you start seeing how the pieces inside actually fit together, you begin to realize people are a bit more complicated than maybe we assume, a bit more complex than we put when we just see an outside picture. And that takes time. It takes time to do that. So take the time. Take the time to see all the pieces that make a person who they really are. Catch yourself. Catch yourself because I know that's a lesson that I pulled out as I, as I read and studied this passage for this week and, and had those moments of realizing, wow, I do that. I make judgments about people just by what I see on the outside and move right on by. And it's a reminder for me, I think a reminder for all of us that it takes some time to see all the pieces that make a person who they really are. Because here's the thing that God tells Samuel, I look at the inside, I look at the heart, I know what's in there. So those other people that maybe we brush aside or make assumptions about what they are, these people, those people will only successfully be the person that God has created them to be. They will only successfully be the person that God has created them to be. So it's good for us as people of faith to try our very best to see other people the way that God has created them to be so that we can see them the way God sees them. So there's something about how we see other people. Let's consider this one next, though. What does this show us about the way that we see ourselves? Because here's the other thing. I think for all of us, maybe we've been on the receiving end of this as well. We've been on the receiving end of other people who judge us by a picture on the outside of the box without ever looking or knowing what the pieces inside make. We've been on the receiving end of that, and maybe for some of us, we've been on the receiving end of that so long with a bad picture that we start to believe it. That if a person is told over and over again, relentlessly, that you're not smart and you're no good, if that's the picture they're told is on the outside of their box, sooner or later they're going to start to believe that's actually who they are on the inside. I think sometimes we catch some of those things that people impress upon us expectations of who they think we ought to be. And maybe sometimes those are expectations that just don't really fit and match up with who we really are. That we need to take the time to say, what are the pieces that I've got inside of me? How do I fit together that I need, sometimes I need to spend time closely looking at all of the pieces inside of myself. Because sometimes the things that other people tell me they think I am, I'm not. All right, I'm going to give a little disclaimer here, though, that um, 
Things like this don't become an excuse of, you know, you keep telling me to pick up my room, but I'm just not that kind of person. My pieces don't make that. All right, it's not an excuse to be lazy. Right? It's not an excuse to be irresponsible. Right? It, it, it's not that kind of thing I'm talking about. No, this is about discovering how God has made you who you are and then putting that picture together, even if some people say something else. Look at it differently and how that comes together. So how do you do that? How, how do you start looking at the pieces of your life and see, so I, I have the question then, so how did God make me? What does the picture of my life look like? How am I supposed to know that? Well, the place to start with that is God's Word. Start with the Word of God, because that's where God reveals Himself and who He is and how He made us and how we are in relationship with Him. So if you want to see how the pieces of your life fit together to make the picture that God has created you to be, start with that, because here's what we know from the Bible about how God has made you. That God created this world, this universe, perfect. That we are good, but then we fell into sin. And so we're born with a sinful nature in a broken world. Jesus came to redeem that. Jesus gave himself on the cross for us to be redeemed people. So we are now people who, maybe like a puzzle, have some broken pieces inside. Some things in us that are disconnected. Some things that need to be put back together again. And we start with God's word to know what that picture looks like. Because here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that you have been redeemed by God to produce good fruit. That God redeemed you, restored you, made you whole again. That Jesus gave himself for you so that you can now live a life that produces good fruit fruit. You know what the fruit of the Spirit are in the Bible. Paul talks about this elsewhere. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that God has made and redeemed you to be put together as a picture that looks like that. That when I'm putting together the pieces of my life to make the picture of who it is God has redeemed me to be, I know I'm doing it right when I see pictures of that kind of fruit being produced in the life that God has given. That's how you know you're on the right track. That's how you know that you're going in the right direction and putting together the pieces and understanding who it is that God made you to be when you have a life that produces that kind of fruit as a result that it shows. Because the same thing would be true for us as it is for other people, that you will only successfully be the person that God has created you to be. You can try to be all kinds of different things that you're not meant to be. You can try to live in all kinds of different ways that go contrary to the way that God has made you, but at the end of the day, you're only ever going to be successfully the person that God has created you to be. 
So take the time, look at the pieces of your life. Put that picture together. Put that picture together in a way that shows the fruit that God redeemed you to be able to produce in who you are. Because that's the person that God has created you to be. And because God has given himself for you with Jesus on the cross, you have been redeemed to be that person. See yourself in that way. One more. There's something in this story, too, then, about the way that God sees us. It's not just about how Samuel sees teenage David. It's not just about how teenage David or any other teenagers see themselves. But there's something in this story, too, that shows us about the way that God sees us and what that looks like. It was in verse 7 as we looked at that where God tells Samuel, people look at the outside, the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That whatever picture you think you've got on the outside of your box, God already knows on the inside how all those pieces are supposed to fit. God already has the whole picture in mind because he sees it. And God knows that we can't always put that back together ourselves because sometimes we're so broken. Sometimes we've fallen apart so many different ways. Sometimes we've tried to put together our life to make a picture that we're not and force those pieces in, but it doesn't hold together and the whole thing falls apart. That we live as people like that. But God knows that. So Jesus came to redeem you and when Jesus came to redeem you, he gave you a full picture. He gave you a new box, a new box of who it is that you are and the picture on the outside maybe looks totally different once Jesus has redeemed you. That's justification. And then the Holy Spirit steps in. The Holy Spirit comes in and, and says, you know what, I'm going to walk with you and help you put one piece after another back together that the Holy Spirit goes with us and in this life that we live, one piece at a time, we come together in ways that show us that picture of who God has redeemed us to be. That the Holy Spirit does that for us and with us. We call that sanctification. The life that we live where the Holy Spirit shows us one piece at a time how it is that God sees us. Because the same thing is true. You will only successfully be the person that God has created you to be. That's the picture that you've been redeemed to make in the life of who you are. And God helps us to get there, to be those kind of people. All right, so here's, here's the puzzle that uh, they put together up here. Um, and they sat around and worked on it. But... Those pieces were inside this box. So, at some point, maybe you, pretty early on, maybe figured out, wait a minute, this box is worthless. What I'm looking at on the outside doesn't help me one bit to see what's supposed to go together on the inside. So you had to take some time and figure that out and, and sort of come to that conclusion of, huh, yeah, what I look on the outside maybe sometimes doesn't even match what's actually on the inside. 
You take the time to put that together, though. And then you see, you recognize. You see the picture there. Samuel had to go through that one today in the passage that we looked at. And I think it's the lesson for us that that's our life, too. That we see other people in ways that take time to see how the pieces fit together. That we see ourselves in ways that have been redeemed by God to make a picture that produces the good fruit of the gospel. And that God sees us in ways that walk along with us in one piece at a time by his Holy Spirit. Put those pieces together for us in times and places when we can't figure it out. But God leads us along. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you that you reveal yourself in ways that show us that we are sometimes so much more and so different than who maybe we thought we were or other people have told us that we've been. God, we're sorry for times when we have judged other people by something we see on the outside that maybe doesn't at all match the pieces on the inside. So God, we pray today, help us to be people who see the picture that you've placed inside for each one of us. Help us be people who can see that in others, that we don't judge that without taking the time to see it. Help us to be people who see that in ourselves, that we recognize the way that you are putting us together. And help us be people who recognize the way that your Holy Spirit walks with us through that, that you put pieces of our life back together in the times and places when we just can't or don't know how, and that you see us in a whole new way because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. May we live into that in ways that produce the good fruit that you've called and created us we thank you so much for that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand? Let's declare this together to the Lord.